Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. For the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk. Welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe so you do not miss an episode. And thank you for doing so. And as I tell you guys every week, all the audio and all the interviews that you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, well, they all originate as my radio show. They all happen live on Sirius XM. And that is Channel 103, Faction Talk. Hear me live there daily, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Noon to 2 Pacific, talk and rock with you. You're only listening to the podcast and you can get Sirius XM. You're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on the radio every day. Hope you come on board and join me for the live radio show, Trunk Nation, on Faction Talk 103 or anytime. You can listen to full shows, audio, video, more on the Sirius XM app. Be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page for info and updates. We got two interviews for you this week, both with artists who have just released new records. We'll start with Phil Lewis, the lead singer of L.A. Guns. Brand new album just came out called Black Diamonds from Phil and L.A. Guns. It is, I believe, the third or fourth since he reunited with Tracy Guns. They've been making some really good new music lately. Just played a sold-out record release party show at the Whiskey in L.A. We'll talk to Phil Lewis one-on-one. He joined me in my Las Vegas studio. Phil's lived in Vegas for a long time. It was great for him to come by. And a lot of people really enjoyed this very revealing interview. Very candid, very honest from Phil Lewis, who in a lot of ways is really one of the most underrated singers from the 80s, no doubt. Still has a phenomenal voice. Second this week, we're going to bring in extended episode. We've got the new lineup of a band called Revolution Saints, which is a trio, a supergroup of sorts. It previously included a lineup of Doug Aldridge and Jack Blades joining Journey drummer Dean Castronovo, who not only plays drums, but also sings lead vocals. 
Well, Doug Aldridge and Jack Blades are both out of the band now, and they've been replaced by Jeff Pilsen of Dokken and Foreigner fame and Joel Hoekstra of Whitesnake fame, with Dean Castronovo remaining as the drummer and singer. So we'll talk to the new lineup of Revolution Saints, Pilsen, Hoekstra, and Castronovo together, all three together, and that'll be second in the podcast. By the way, there was video captured of that interview. If you are a SiriusXM subscriber, you can go to the app and listen to that and watch that as well. Uh, but we'll start off with Phil Lewis of LA Guns. This was done prior to the new album being released. It is now available in stores, so we thought we'd bring it to you as a podcast. Enjoy. Uh, speaking of guests, an old friend has dropped by. The first time I've had the pleasure of welcoming, welcoming him to my Vegas place. And he is the lead singer of L.A. Guns, Mr. Phil Lewis. Good to see you, buddy. Hi, Eddie. Finally. I finally got invited. It's oh, nice to be here always, in Eddie World. You're always invited. Come on, man. We've <laughs> I, seen each other a lot. But I know. It's we've true. We've done the radio thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling the audience I was looking forward to having you because the last couple L.A. Guns records, Tracy was doing yeah, all the interview stuff. Sure. And he was doing a lot of... And I love talking to Trace, mm -hmm. so no problem. But I said... I'm here in Vegas. You're in Vegas. Let's yeah, see if we can get Phil over for a fantastic. bit. That's fantastic. I'm glad you did. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, there's this record and, and what's coming, coming up and what we've been through, and uh, I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, real quick, before we get into all of that, we were talking about this city, and how long ago did you relocate to Vegas? Because there's a big rock scene now. Unbelievably. But when did you, you, you got here is, early. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't believe it's like I'm coming up to a decade I mean, I'm over five years. It's about seven years. And I cannot believe how quickly the time has gone here. And, and uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, um, I don't regret it at all. I can, I can still do business in L.A. Um, I, I, sometimes, sometimes I have to uh, be in L.A. two times in, in the same way. Obviously, I stay there. But you know, like it, sometimes I've got to drive, do that drive like three times in a month. And that's fine. That's no big deal. It's you ex accept that when you right. move out here, and and no regrets at all. Yeah, yeah. You, I was, I was thinking about that because now so many have come out here, but you were one of the, the first, and you came here from L.A., right? Yes, I did. And now everybody is making I, I mean, that relocation. Why not? I mean, especially from L.A., it's it's like half the price. Yeah, and it's got a scene here. Yeah, it, uh, it's got a, a good scene, um, like. The end of like the the, uh, the 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 Chris Angel Christmas holiday, right? Which I, you played at and I, I hosted. I, I, it was absolutely fantastic. You don't get stuff like that in L.A. no more, right? You know, right. It, this just seems a, a much better vibe in in Vegas. People don't mind spending money. They 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 they're, they're nice things. Uh, in L.A., it's about you know how can I get it for nothing? How can you know how can I how can I blag this? How can right. I get my talk my way into here? And 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 Lake and Vegas is 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 quite a different vibe, which I uh, I got to say I prefer. So the the uh, the new album is coming. What's the exact release date on Black Diamonds? Uh, April uh, April twelfth, I think it is. April twelfth. So uh, we're about six weeks out from the yeah. record coming out. Couple songs released already from the record. Yeah. I know that uh, Tracy is insanely prolific because it seems like every time after you guys have finished yeah. a record, he's yeah. already sending me riffs and check this out for the next LA Guns yeah. record. And then the other things, he's constantly pumping stuff out. Are you, But the, it's all good. As I said before, there's very few bands 
and I've said this many times on the air that that are making music right now that I think uh, who've been around forty years or whatever that lives up to yeah. what they did back in the day. And the records since you and Tracy have reunited have been phenomenal. Right, right. I'm looking forward to this new Skid Row record. They're they're the another band that has been. Well, that's out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been with out the new for guy. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I've got a lot of respect for them. Real good record. New stuff. Looking out. Always looking out for new people. Breaking in new talent. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, How have you felt about all of this since what? What year did what? The missing piece was the first okay, one. Okay, so right? we're coming up to our fifth. Actually, I think I think we passed our fifth anniversary since since you guys got since back since the reunion, right? And and once again, boy, that time has gone really really quickly. Yeah, because we've been busy and and um, you know Tracy set up a deal with Frontiers uh, to give him a bunch of records and 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 knowing full well that he's capable of of of, of writing it and and he's very disciplined uh, as far as this record goes. Uh, he wrote most of it in Denmark um, between 9 a.m. and noon every day when he would just lock himself away in his room. The kid was at school and she was doing whatever. And he would just um, concentrate for three hours. Mm. And and because he's playing guitar all day anyway, he goes, oh, I remember that riff that I came up with on Tuesday. Uh, you know, with, with, with a heavy... Uh, influence from uh, led zeppelin here or two yeah of course. Um, and and it, it's all good and you know for me personally he is prolific and and he builds these fantastic machines and i love driving them mm. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how i see it when i when i hear when i hear the raw track and it's like oh my god this is going to be so good what about you as a writer what are you you're contributing lyrics or do are others helping with uh, lyrics it, it, yeah, oh we got definitely um you know we have other people involved in the band uh behind the scenes uh adam hamilton is 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 our recording drummer but he doesn't tour because he's a producer and and uh he he he's uh, he, he prefers, he'd much rather do that. We've got right. M- Mitch Davis in New York, who I record all my vocals with, who's heavy into the lyrics and helps me out enormously. Um, uh, but, you know, in, in terms of, of, of the music, it's not just Tracy. Johnny's bringing in songs. Ace is bringing in songs. He, he, he's, he's not a tyrant. Mm-hmm. If you've got a good song, if you've got a good idea, right. then it's going to make the album. Right. And, and for me, Ace has got a song on this album. Um, uh, it's called Like a Drug. I, I think it's the very last song on it. For me, that's my favorite song mm. on, on the record. I like his stuff. He's got that sort of punky yeah. sensibility. Well, I noticed that in in listening to this record already that to me, and I, I really love these records you've made with uh, with this reunion, as I've said, but this record to me feels a little more of a punky, raw edge to it. Right. A, a kind of in line with like what I was catching on the very first record. You know, very yeah. raw, loose kind of attitude to it a little bit not to say the others were super glossy or anything but this one seemed to have that punky edge just a little bit yeah. more even well the the one before it um the checker past has got to be the weirdest album of my life the weirdest album of my career staying at home and doing it remotely right uh, just just like the same kind of thing you've got going here right and and that was a challenge you know to 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 have like two sides of the brain working the, the, the creative side and then um having to do the technical side 
And it turned out okay. I mean, the, the, you know, because the material was good, the songs were good. But oh my god, it just—it was such a fucking epiphany, uh, being back in the same room together and looking, and and especially uh, uh, recording on the tour bus during the summer, during the, the Kiefer tour, having days off or, or long days before in between sound checks and whatever, having a lot of time basically on the road. Twenty-three hours you've got. You got to kill twenty three hours. Mm. Got that one hour. So we were doing a lot of recording and and having a lot of fun, and the songs were coming together. And it was just the antithesis. It was complete opposite of of the 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 lonely, um, sad record we were all writing in our our bedrooms uh, before. Right, right. So you so this since this has all happened, and you and Tracy have come back together. Uh, I, I don't think because of the history of the band and so many lineup changes and so much stuff that's gone on over yeah. the decades, I don't know if a lot of people would have expected. And this, and of course the well-documented falling out between the two of you sure. guys. I yeah. mean, uh, nobody, everybody remembers when you guys were on my TV show and one day you I killed know. them and the next year he killed you and all of that. I know. I know. So I know. Given we, all it, that, it no one would terrible. think this would terrible. last. I mean, and it was so, disingenuous to our fans and and we realized almost immediately we're like what are we doing why have we been is this estranged for so long we've got such great chemistry we've both got so much to give and and it's what our fans want um and and once we buried that hatchet we really really got got rolling and 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 i know this is the band the funny band with over 57 members 60 member i don't know it does, that that's not the point it all comes down to two and that's me and that's him mm -hmm. and that's the nucleus and you know <laughs> band's different now it's not like the old days where when you were in a band you were in that band for your whole career uh it's more fluid now if you got a record deal you were set up for life there aren't those deals anymore it's it's you've got you got a you could, as a musician you're you're like a, an independent contractor uh, you got to hustle. You got to work from different angles, uh, and and I think that the public have a bit of a hard time understanding the actual workings, the logistics, and and the reality of of being in a band. And of course, if you're in a band like us, uh, and you happen to take six months off, you're going to lose members. You can't keep people on 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 without paying them on a right, retainer. Of course. So that. You know, and because we've been around for such a long time, that explains why. Uh, and plus, there's two versions going at the same time, right. so the numbers are just going ping, 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 ping. All these like different members coming and going. But as I say, it comes down at the end of the day to the nucleus, which is me and him. When you talk about two versions, are you satisfied with the way the situation was resolved? between you guys and Riley's band? That oh, now I, I think so, because th let's be clear, they were after us. There, there was no question, no doubt in them. I've got, I've got them on record saying, we have as much right to the name as they do, talking about us, which is absolute baloney. Um, and and um, there, was, there was no way it, we could not, stop what we were doing and address that no matter what it costs no matter what we had to do because if the, if there's another if it's too it, it, it it's over it'd kill us mm -hmm. so we had to come up with something um and we did we came up with it with a a a solution um i, I 
I suppose I suppose it's fair. Um, I, you know, you got you know, L.A. Guns is Tracy's baby. It has been his baby since like 1985, mm-hmm. and you know, a bunch of guys from back east getting together with a grudge uh, isn't that you're doing it all for that you're doing it for the wrong reason that's 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 not la guns mm. i, I want to ask you about you a little bit because i said this before you got here today i watch you i listen to the records of course but i see you play live a lot yeah and i always enjoy it i love how raw and real and live it is I think, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your ass because you're sitting here. I truly think you are amazingly underrated as a singer. I always thought you had a phenomenal voice, a very cool voice, and remarkably, now I believe you're in your mid-60s, somewhere around there. It still hasn't left you. Nothing has left you. Can you talk about your vocal influence and how you keep your voice? Is it just natural? Do you have to work at it? You know... Uh, underrated i think that that's fair because you know when i first started i wasn't very good to, uh, really you know you mean started with la guns no, or going back to girl like, or really girl, early on you know like when i first decided to be a singer i, I was going to be a soccer i was going to play soccer i was going and i came home one afternoon uh, one evening and top of the pops was on tv in london and alice cooper's doing schools out I dropped to my knees and I never played soccer again. In my life. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> that was Everybody's the, got the moment. That, that, you know, I could absolutely bottle that moment. Um, and I've told Alice about it and he cracks up and he always reminds me whenever I see him. But yeah, that was it. He, he ruined me. Uh, so, so, so I decided, okay, so I want to be a musician. I want to be a singer, but I don't know anything about music and I don't sing. So it, it was, you know... A, a learning process and I learned in public and and it's okay because so did Rod Stewart you listen to the early Rod Stewart stuff it's not very good either and I've gradually got better uh my influences are, are very sort of English they're like sort of Steve Marriott uh Alex Harvey um very much the the the, the English rock uh climate uh the who uh wishbone ash uh did you take vocal lessons i took as a kid uh, no no i took a i I had a a, a voice coach I, i lost my voice on tour and don lawrence they flew don lawrence out um i guess it must have been like nine during 1990 or so Oh, you're talking about with L.A. Guns? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But back when you were starting to sing yeah, and no. figuring out, you're saying you were into soccer and what, what have you, you, you see Alice Cooper, yeah. you want to be a singer, yeah. and you just went for it. Yeah. You found a voice. Right. I you did. didn't go did. get I, lessons. I, you didn't learn. I, my partner in the band was Jerry, Jerry Laffey. And, and uh, so we were both playing guitar and like, we, we got to get a singer. And then we're like, well, one of us got to be the singer. So we flipped a coin and I lost. <laughs> so I had to become the singer. What was Girl your first band? Yeah. That was the first thing that you did. Yeah. And and for people that don't know uh two albums that Girl put out that were really really good records, Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Yeah. Now, that's right. Phil, that was our baby band. That it, was the that yeah. you were both in that yeah, and that, like 1980, uh we were all in our 20s. Uh and and we were just having a laugh and and honestly we we didn't think we were very good. Um, Phil was good. Phil was when he joined the band. It was like, oh shit, we got to step it up a bit. 
But, um, you know, my, my instincts were good. And, and, you know, I was listening. Uh, I mean, my, my, you know, like Tina Turner was probably my favorite singer at the time. If I can just sound like Tina Turner, mm. uh, I'll, be, I'll be all right. If I can sound like Steve Marriott. But, of course, these are seasoned singers. So it took, it's taken a while, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Coming from you, that's high praise indeed. No, and my audience says it too, and anybody that has seen you sing live knows that you still seemingly have full capability of your voice. Do you yeah. feel like you're as strong as you've ever been? Oh, Do you much, feel like you've much, lost anything? Much or stronger. Stronger? I, I, I'm convinced, you know, because it's, I'm more disciplined now. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I'll do my warm-ups prior to the show. Uh, I'll, I'll chill out after the show. Uh, I'll do whatever is required. I mean, I tell you, this last tour, this 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 summer tour that we did with Kiefer, the West, the East Coast tour, I haven't done anything like that since my thirties. Six weeks solid on two months solid on the road, mm. and it was like, damn, okay. And and and, uh, and towards the end is when it got really intense. When I had to do like five and six shows in a row. And it was like, okay, that was very challenging, but I pulled it off. Because I don't think people realize this. Most bands at LA Guns level and from that era do what's called fly dates, yeah. where you go in and you play a Friday, Saturday, and you use gear yeah, and you fly home. Yeah, you're not on the vehicle. You're not playing five, six yeah. days a week. You do a couple shows on the weekend, you go home. So to actually, and I know Tom likes to tour tour. Like he likes to go out in a bus and right. he's doing it again. And I know you're on some of the dates, but we are. he likes to go out like that, which is rare because most bands to save money or whatever go ahead and do, do sure. the weekend stuff yeah. so stamina wise especially on you as a singer uh that you know you've got to ramp up to yeah, that man. i would think it was good it was a challenge and and uh my band was supportive and and uh we were enjoying ourselves uh we were as i said writing and recording and and it was a real band of brothers and and being together after all this like that, that two years of 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 uh isolation from from the pandemic it was it we were just it was it was great yeah i want to uh go back to the beginning though for a second when we were talking about girl for people that don't know that band again there were two records and the records were released on jet records yeah. correct yeah jet was owned by don arden, don arden correct don correct. arden the the father of, of sharon, sharon osborne arden, who married ozzy right and yeah. don arden is was known as a very larger than life intimidating figure he certainly was in the music industry i was curious your experiences with him being on his label back then oh he cracked me up he was such a gangster he was he was so he, he was just a real 60s character uh, and, 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 you know, it, 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 he, 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 he didn't, didn't bullshit, you know, he goes, I'm, I'll, I'll make you famous. I'll, I'll, I'll do what, I'll, wherever you want to go, but it'll cost you. And, 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 you know, it, it was like, it really was signing a deal with the devil. Oh, is that right? Um, but you know, we, we, we put this band together and, it, we were kind of surprised that people were coming to our shows and people were interested. And, and it was like, he wants to give us a record deal. Oh, yeah, right. okay, why not? So we took it, and, and it was a terrible deal, but we didn't care. We were in our 20s, and, you know, like, the percentages were ridiculous. We never made a dime. But I, I, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. When, when you say, uh, he said, I'll make you famous, 
he didn't with girl girl didn't get there well we did fall out a bit see you felt fell with him or amongst yourselves no well i mean certainly it started with him um he he was doing really you know we had our own style and he was bringing in outside riders um rod arden and and people that weren't really uh, russ ballard people that weren't really on our wavelength we were you know like we wanted to do like teenage kicks and they're they're trying to do this other thing so we kind of fell out and then he he put us on the kiss tour the english kiss tour and that went disastrously so why so they weren't very nice to us and 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 you know we were just trying to put on a show and and we didn't have anyone from the label uh we're playing fucking wembley and we'd got nobody from from jet no management we're just a bunch of fucking orphans running around and and not so much cares the band but the crew were utter cunts i mean they were just going out of their way to make it as difficult for us as possible and we had two shows in a row back to back and and the second one i just couldn't face it i couldn't go i i, I didn't show up oh is that right yeah so did the band play without you no Oh, so you just they just didn't yeah because you were so pissed off at the how you were being treated yeah and and the fact that we had no label down there and 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 i just couldn't bear another night of the way the kiss crew were going to treat us wow so the second girl record was sheer greed right yeah. uh, sheer greed was the first okay this and the second was, was wasted, wasted youth. youth yeah so after that record comes out and it uh Phil gets the offer to join Def Leppard and goes and does right. Pyromania. Yeah. Does the band immediately break up at that no, point? No, not not at all. Um, in fact, um, Phil had been, he'd, uh, Iron Maiden had been after Phil. They asked to him, join Maiden. Yeah, they asked him a couple of times, and he was like, "No, I want to stick with. I want to stick with this. I want to, you know, see it through. See where it goes. See if Don's going to send us over to uh, America and do the tour with Ozzy because that was the carrot." It was like, you guys are going to take you over. And in the end, we pissed him off so much, he sent Magnum. Um, and um, so, yeah, Phil had been sitting on the fence with this maiden offer for about six months. And, and I'm like, you should do it, man. He's like, really? And then when the Def Leppard thing came, it was like, wow, yeah, absolutely do it. Because... You know, that we were in London at the time when that Pyromania was being recorded. And, you know, musicians, we were hearing what were the, the rough demos and what was coming out and, and just the gossip about this fucking incredible record. And he had a chance to be on it. Right. And, and we were absolutely 100% our blessing. So, we, no, we, 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 we stumbled on for another year or so. We had a couple of, um, we were pretty big in Japan. So we went and wrapped it up over there. But yeah, it was pretty much over. Um, and, and, you know, it was like, I remember I'd be sitting at home and Phil would call me from the States and he'd be t telling me about the business they were doing in the early days. And it was just so phenomenal, the money they were making at Merch. 
and I'm sitting in London, it's cold and I'm broke. And I'm like, please, stop calling <laughs> don't, don't me. Don't torment me. Stop doing it. <laughs> we made 100 grand in merch last uh, night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Joe Elliott told me something crazy about that period, which I never realized, is that Pyromania was a huge record here in America. Yeah. 10 million copies, MTV yeah. every minute, they're playing arenas. Yeah. But, but Leopard didn't break in the UK until the next record on Hysteria. Yeah. Joe used to tell me, Joe told me that he used to go back to England coming here in America a big rock stars they go back to England, yeah whatever yeah you know? and and it really wasn't until for that next while. record yeah, yeah for a while there, they, they they hit the jackpot over here uh real quick and it, it took a little longer over there because england was so fucked it was just so anti-rock and roll i was in this band after girl uh with with, with bernie torme who you you can explain who, who Bernie is. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I actually got an email when I from one of my listeners when I told them you were going to be on. Yeah. And they asked me to kind of go back into your story a little bit because they were curious about your work with Bernie Torme, oh. which I didn't realize you you worked with him. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, girl were over and I was like sitting on my couch. And I'm, and I'm, it's raining out. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And out of the blue, Bernie called me. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this band together. And I, he normally did the singing, but he goes, do you fancy having a go, you know, being a front man? And, 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 and I was like, let me see what you got. He sent me over some music. It was fantastic. The shows were fantastic. The band was great. So you did live shows with him? Oh, we did tons of live shows. And you did a record with him? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, we did a record called Back to Babylon. It's just fantastic. Um John McCoy produced it, who was the bass player in Ian Gillen's band. And Gillen. Um, and, and Bernie and, and John McCoy uh, had worked in Gillen together. Mm -hmm. um, so, so John uh, produced the record. Yeah, we were doing shows. We were selling out clubs. We were selling out small theaters. Um, we were making a splash. We were getting great reviews in, in the music press. We could not get arrested. It was like, I believe, honestly, I believe that Gun even Guns N' Roses wouldn't have got a record deal in London at that time in like 84, 85. It was all Boy George. It was all Duran Duran. It was all fucking Live Aid shit. Mm -hmm. And if you're a rock and roll band, forget it. It, it, it was like, it, it, was the, it was the end of Lizzie. Right. All these bands, these, these, these fantastic bands were just going down because of this fucking twee fucking bullshit. Right. Uh, and, and the only way I could get, if I, could, if I had wanted to carry on being a rock singer, being in a band, I had to go to America. I had to go to the States. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask, uh, before we move to that, when you were, for people that, uh, Bernie Torme, not well known in America, but he is known in for one thing in the, that he was the guy that initially did a few shows in Ozzy after right. Randy died. Yeah. And for the most part, they were quite disastrous. Well, yeah, because not that he's not a great player, but he wasn't the right player. Right. And well, thrown he, in very quickly yeah. when you were working with him. Was it around that time? It, it, was no, that the time? I mean, it, it had was, he done it already? Yeah, he'd done it already. And he, he told me some, some great stories. He said that the, the first night that he went out... I think it was Madison Square Garden. I believe so. Yeah. And he said the pedals were changing themselves. What does that mean? The effects pedals. The chain, they were changing. He, was, they, he wasn't touching Oh, so them. somebody, they were clicking... They were clicking. Uh, 
Wow. Just like, and yeah. he, he wasn't, he wouldn't make something like that up. Like the phaser would come on where it was supposed to. Stuff like, he told me that. He did say, like, wow. Wow. No, the thing about Bernie, but see, Rand, uh, Randy was, uh, I, I met Randy. I, m I met all those guys. Oh, you did? Because they were on Jet Records. And when they were recording um, Ozzy's album, they were all in London. So I became Oh, right. Friends, because friends. Ozzy was signed yeah. to Jet in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So I was hanging out with Randy. I was hanging out with uh, Rudy Zazo, hanging out with Ozzy. Like the, the, you were the, label mates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember meeting uh, Rand, Randy Rose in, in the marquee. And he goes, hi, I'm Randy. I said, look, you shouldn't really say that in London. <laughs> the English Randy means horny. Oh, are you Randy? oh, is that right? No, you know, like Austin, oh, yeah, Austin Powers. Austin Powers yeah, right? Okay, now I got you. Are you Randy? <laughs> so he got a big laugh out of that. Um, yeah, well, Randy was a meticulous, classically trained guitarist. Uh, and 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 uh, Bernie was a gin-soaked bottleneck um, s slide blues blues guitarist. They couldn't be more different. Right. And and um, but Bernie, you know, he 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 rose up to it. He 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 took it took it on. But yeah, no, there's there's they're just completely different styles. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh it it yeah bernie gets killed for that but it really wasn't his fault he was no. thrown into that and didn't have time to to sort all that out and uh then brad gillis ended up coming in yeah. for a bit and then jake and they, they, they needed somebody i mean out. bernie by, by his own own admission wasn't extraordinarily dexterous he he wouldn't do these like insane runs he it was you know it was tasty he was it was quick but he was much more of a feel much more of a slide as opposed to like a spectacular guitar player. Right, right. Were you offered gigs with other bands that we don't know about before L.A. Guns or during L.A. Guns? Has anybody tried to poach you for, you mentioned that H Iron Maiden was after uh, yeah. Phil Collin. Was there any uh, offers that came your way prior to L.A. Guns? There was stuff, but um, like Glenn Matlock, the bass player from the Sex Pistols, wanted me to do a project with Calvin Most, who was Mickey Most's son. Mickey Most was um, Kim Wilde's dad, manager. But they wanted me to get a fucking haircut. They wanted me to put on a suit and some fucking Doc Martin boots. And Spandau Ballet. That, yeah, they would, that was it. You know, the band was called Hot Club or something ridiculous like that. And, and um, you know, the, we did a bit of recording. It wasn't really my thing. And they were like, well, Phil, you know, it's, you know, you look good, you sound good, but, you know, it's the image, mate. And I was like, gotta go. Yeah. Gill breaker. Gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Bear it. Yeah. How do you, I know you told the story before, but how does a guy at this point in his life in England, in London, knocking around, okay, you've had a signed band, two records didn't happen. You did this stuff yeah. with Bernie Torme. Yeah. Uh, you, this, this little thing you just told us about. Where does where does uh, Tracy Guns come on your oh radar? Oh my god! Yeah, well, see, I'm uh, uh, right there, and my life's over. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. I, You're I, ready to go try to play soccer? Well, yeah, get back <laughs> to playing soccer. You know, my twenties. Uh, I I I I I burnt out during my twenties. Um, this I've 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 pissed everyone off. I'm not. There's no rock scene. I know what I'm gonna do, and and um, that's when I got a call from a guy called Alan Jones, 
who was Tracy's manager, L.A. Guns' manager. Alan's a fascinating character. He was the saxophone player uh, from the 60s band Amen Corner. Um, and he'd come out to L.A. Um, in the 80s, early 80s. And he'd opened up a bunch of boutiques on Melrose Avenue. In fact, he was one of the architects of that whole Melrose Avenue scene. Mm. Not much of a scene now, but for a time. Right. And when I first moved out, it was, it was like the center of the universe. Yeah. Um, and it was, he was king of it. Uh, and he was the, the band were working at his store, but they were useless because they were always like busy on the phone booking gigs and not very good salesmen or, or particularly uh, nice people to customers. Right. <laughs> so Alan said, no, you're fired. He fired, fired Mick Cripps, fired him, said, and then Mick's like, well, okay, you can fire us, but would you consider being our manager? And he was like, oh, Alan liked a challenge. And he did. And, and I was, I'd met Alan in the summer and he said he was managing this band in LA and LA was the place to be. There was this band called Guns N' Roses that were just about to blow up. There was this band Faster Pussycat. There was, it was a really happening scene. I said, wow, Alan, that sounds great. I'd love to. And, and I didn't hear from him for like six months. And then I got a call he, from Alan again. He goes, you know, I was talking to you about that band. I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, you wouldn't be interested in coming out and, 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 trying out and doing some singing for him and I said like, really you want me to come out and, 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 and I said well I said how, how he goes how soon can you come out I said well how about tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so I did, did you I, really go the next day I, well not quite the next day I went I went certainly that week and had you ever been to LA before no no oh, yeah I, I've been to LA as as a guest of, of people but I never like my own place and right. like, immersed in it in a band. Because girl, did girl ever tour the states? No, no, that's because he pissed off Don. He right. was like, "That's it, no, no Aussie tour for you. We're giving it to Magnum." Right, that's right, the Aussie tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, one last question on girl. I, I just always wanted to ask this. So you on on one of the records you cover the Kiss song, "Do You Love Me?" Yeah. How did that come about? Whose idea was Kim that? Fowley's? Kim Fowley, who co-wrote the song, yeah, I believe. Yeah, he, he, we were up in Jet. Uh, Jet had a publishing uh, aviation music at the top of their um, their offices. And um, Kim Fowley had seen Girl. He'd, see, he'd heard about it. And, and he was curious because, you know, he was, it was the kind of thing that he would be into. So he called up and he was like, you know, you guys have got, you know, your songs are all right, but this is the song do this song and it's going to complete it, it'll break the band it'll 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 open doors guaranteed and uh yeah we heard it, it was all right oh, yeah it's okay it was better than the russ ballard stuff that don was making us listening to right so it wasn't because anybody in the band was a big kiss fan no or anything. no it was a song that was brought to you yeah you know what's interesting about this and i don't know if you know it but the band the struts the yeah. british band the struts yeah. now current band yeah they covered do you love me on their last record oh right and i talked to luke their singer yeah and i said wow you covered a kiss song on the record and he goes no we covered a girl song <laughs> i swear to god he said we don't know that he oh. said all these people were coming up to That's us because luke's a younger guy yeah. and uh, he said all these people would come up to us and be like hey man you covered kiss and we're like we didn't even know Kiss did that song. Yes, they awesome. knew your that make, version. That makes my day, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I get summoned to the dressing room at Wembley, and uh, it's Gene. This is when you're touring with Kiss. Yeah. And 
so he's he's looking at me through his through the mirror. He's not looking at me directly. He's looking at me through the mirror, and I'm getting the third degree. So Philip, uh, you, uh, you, our songs are like our children. You know, uh, we, we we're not very happy with you playing our song live. You were playing "Do You Love Me" yeah. live, but opening for them. Yes, <laughs> we only knew nine songs. We did, and, and I was like, I said, to, I said, Kelly, I said to to to, to uh, Gene, I said, Gene, we don't know more than we don't know a dozen songs. We don't. This is it. This is all we got. And 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 you know that I was really disappointed, right? Because they it wasn't in their set, right? And and we sort of made it ours. And I was really disappointed that he he would bring me in and 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 give me the headmaster uh, trip, saying don't play our song. So that was another one of the reasons why it soured me, and I didn't show up for yeah. that gig. Yeah, wow. Hey, um, I love talking about all this old stuff, but before you know it, we're going to be out of time. we got about 15 minutes or so here. Um, so let's get into L.A. Guns and let's get into this album. Yeah. So, or and, and just in general where we're at now, because you've done a fair amount of touring. You did the stuff with Kiefer. you got more stuff with Kiefer coming up. Bring us up to speed about what's going on with the band now, leading into the record, uh, touring, uh, you know, what the plan is. All right. Now, summer was a good summer. We got a lot done. We got a lot accomplished. We we, uh, but it was, uh, it had problems. We had some some personal issues this past summer. Yeah, with the band. Yeah, yeah. Internal was, issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tracy was going through a really really difficult time. Well, we know that about you know the when he played in the bathroom and all that sort of yeah. stuff that was very public. Yeah. And he was he was really going through a hard time and it was it was my job as his oldest and best friend to be his 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 cheerleader to to get him through this. And 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 there were some some show some nights were really, you know, he just he he he, he was you know when the show he played the show in the toilet and it was it wasn't cuz it was too hot. It was nothing. To, it had, he had nothing to do with it. We played hotter shows before, played brighter shows before. He was just so get, he was so beat down. Um, it, it's really difficult as a performer to go out and give it a hundred percent when 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 you've just had your heart ripped out. And 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 he, it was it, on a daily basis. He, he was going through this breakup, and 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 some days were good, and some days were not so good. Um, so that made things difficult for our current, uh, our then management because Tracy was a little unhinged. He was a little off the rails and, and Scotty, our, our original man, when I first joined the band, joined the re agreed to do the reunion, Scotty Ludwig was a big part of the organization i love scott he's a good friend he's a good guy yeah um i love him too now scotty and tracy had a prior relationship they've been working together for two or three years before the reunion so they've got a kind of relationship that you and i will never understand that it's like a marriage and and that wasn't going terribly well either mm. and um just around uh, the, the the summer uh, not the summer the the um the holidays we were supposed to play two shows at vamped 
and here in Vegas. Yeah, two days before, Tracy and Scott had a real blowout argument, and Scotty quit. Mm -hmm. And I'd always said from the day I joined the reunion, I said, "Don't quit," to Scotty. I said, "If you leave, I'm leaving," and I did. I did for like a minute. I left. I was like, "I, I can't be in this band with Tracy." the way he is at the moment because he's just so unraveled and and I didn't know what I was going to do but they we had these shows these these two shows at vamped and Scotty had quit and Tracy he doesn't have a credit card it was like how are you going to get the band out to vamped how you, the hotel how you, how are we going to do that um we we were so dependent on Scotty, not just as management, but more like, like big brother, really. Mm. I mean, you know, like sorting out everything, logistics, and all of a sudden that was gone. Right. So uh, my challenge to Tracy was, I said, if you can get to Vegas, if you can get the band to Vegas, I'll do the shows. Because you had actually, so you had actually left the band. That that never publicly got out there, but you actually, I, I, in my, for a in, brief time, yeah, it left. Yeah, I mean, once I heard he was leaving, Sc I was like, The no, manager, Scott, yeah. I, I can't do it. I can't. I just, I cannot do it. But they managed to work their way out to Vegas, and I did the gig, and it was amazing. It was a great, great show, and we did the second show the night following night. And then it just came to, I just came to the conclusion that, as much as I miss Scotty and, and how important he is, this is the, he's, it's the nucleus. It's me and Tracy. And if we can continue to, to do these great shows and make these great albums, then we shouldn't stop. And, and, and you know, we, we've, we've, he's, he's turned, he's, he's, I'm so happy to see him happy now. He's dating Orianti yeah, now. He really yeah, he's very needs. public about and, that. And you know, so. I was I, he's very public about everything. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying I would never say things that aren't public knowledge. Yeah. I'm I'm very careful about that uh, because you know, and I I was telling him in the summer. I said, you know, that in the deepest depths of despair, I said, "Tracy, in 6 months time we're going to be laughing, we're going to be okay, you're going to get through this." And sure enough. Yeah. He's he's gotten through it and I'm happy for him and and uh it, yeah, I mean, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it, and that's very much the case with this uh, over the holidays. Because, you know, I, I mean, I said, uh, if they if the band hadn't made it to Vegas, if they hadn't shown up. That could have been it. That could have been it. Because it's like, well, if they can't get it together to get, get a fucking van out to Vegas, then I, I, we don't really have anything. Right. But they did. Right. And it was a good show. And it, we were very emotional. It was really emotional, and, and we just lent deeply into the music, and it got us through. How much longer do you see yourself doing L.A. Guns? You said you almost quit just, well, you did quit, actually, for a few days recently. But at, at this point in your life, after dedicating better than 40 years of your life to the music industry, mm. how, much longer, how much longer do you see yourself wanting to do this? And if you weren't doing this, and if you weren't fronting a band, what would you want to do? Is there anything left you'd want to do, or would you just kind of go away quietly and retire? No, I, I'm I'm not. Far, I'm far from done. I I like you know. I look at people like 
Rob Halford, I look at Ozzy, these people, you know, like in But the, if you would have left LA Guns a couple months ago when you did and yeah. didn't come back, yeah. what would you have done? Would oh, you I would have just got I would have picked up an acoustic and gone out. I would have you done know, your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have done my own shows and then I would have put a band together. Right. And then just done it under your name yeah. or something yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. When you people forget you weren't in LA Guns for a while yourself. And I remember when you weren't doing it, correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember talking to you around that time. Weren't you working in editing sports or something, sports clips? Didn't That's you get right. into a, a TV very long, gig? A very long time ago. Um, in uh, 1998, 99, uh, it was just the bubble had burst. Yeah. Uh, they've seen. Right. And, and, and we all had to get J-O-B jobs. Sure. We all had you know responsibilities. I had a daughter I had to raise. Uh, and and uh, I, 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 my studio experience uh, qualified me, and I knew a bit about this new uh, system of recording called Pro Tools, which everyone knows now. It's ancient history, but I knew it at the early stages. And uh, I got a gig at Fox, and and you know it was it was it was a neat a neat place, you know. I'm not into sports. I'm, I, it's a very corporate thing. But a lot of ex-musicians work there. Greg Steele worked there. From Faster Pussy Yes. Dirt. I ran into him. He was one of the uh, engineers there. Um, so it had a good vibe. You enjoyed it or, I, or was it a job? I, 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 I didn't mind the work. I didn't mind. And I certainly liked the people I was working with. I could not bear the nine to five. Right. I couldn't bear that. Like the Monday to Friday. You know, Friday was only 48 hours to Monday. And that was my only free time. And I, that, that, that's what killed me. And then, um, you know, I did that for a few years. And then in 2000, year 2000, was when Brian Pereira offered Mick Cripps uh, a decent amount of dough to, to reform. So it was, it was worth my while to, to do it. And I was like, well, once again... When I, when I first joined LA Guns, it might be two weeks, it might be two months. It was the same thing with uh, leaving Fox and going back to the band. I didn't know how long I was going. And then that was obviously 23 years ago. Of all the people that have been in and out of LA Guns, yourself included, of course, you were in and out. Yeah. But of all the people, for the most part, you've been pretty much a constant outside of the time you weren't there. And clearly the the guy as far as the singer in the band. But of all the people you've worked with in the group, do you maintain relationships with some of these people or no? Not Almost really. all of them. Kelly, Is that right? Kelly, Adam Hamilton. Um, yeah. I, I, I Stacey like, Blades lives here. Yes, yeah, Stacey as well. As well. Um, yeah. I, 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 I really enjoyed working with them. And it doesn't always work out. Uh, and sometimes people go the different ways and... Sometimes it's just uh, there's just nothing happening, you know. And right. and 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, with with a handful of exceptions, um, I'm I'm I, I like to consider myself an, on a friendly basis with everyone, every ex member. Yeah. Um- Going forward now for this year, these date you have some dates again with Kiefer. I know yeah. Winger's on a bunch of the tour. Yeah. You well, did you know, a, the so, initial run. Okay, so as I was saying, we so this is going back to the Scotty thing. Um Kiefer's people picked us up. We got uh, Tim. Yeah, we got um Kiefer's agent, um Jim Lenz picked us up, and then we got the people, the good people over at uh 
UAG management. Right. Um, Tim Brian, and Brian. Brian and Tim. Yeah. Um, also so, good people. So we have a new infrastructure and it's being put together. Stuff is being put together uh, and it takes a while. Plus, because I, I, I wouldn't want to just go straight on that West Coast Kiefer tour because we've got an album coming out and, and we really should be concentrating on that. We should come f focusing on ourselves, getting the relationship, this, it, the, working out this new um, management agent we have with mm -hmm. a new record and, and doing it by ourselves as opposed to being on a, any kind of a lot. I wouldn't want to go out for six weeks like we did last year. Mm. We're not, I don't think we're in a position to do that. But yeah, I mean, I love the, those shows with Kiefer were all so much fun. They're all really good guys. Yeah. Really friendly and we all get on really well. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, you guys are running into a really good problem to have because with the new record, Black Diamonds, which again is coming out next month, yes. right? So with that, and then, of course, the recent records you made that we touched on, Missing Peace, Checkered Past, and then, of course, the catalog. You've got Everybody Wants to Hear, whether it's Sex Action yeah. or Never Enough or Ballad of Jane. So so honing in on representing the new stuff and getting all the old 80s stuff in on a set list these days, pretty difficult. Very difficult. Think. Incredibly difficult. Um Especially because uh, you guys are usually two, two playing an hour. Songs. You'll get two or three new songs right. per set. But yeah, they want the nut. We can't do a show and not play Sex Action or Ballad of Jane. Right. You know, they'd, they'd, they'd be uproar. Right. <laughs> so we have to mix it up. And um, uh, like the last album, uh, Cannonball worked well, whether you know the song or not. You it, opened with it, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. yeah. You came out in a pirate yeah. outfit. Balls, that's, that's how that's ballsy great. we are. No one's ever heard this song before. We're going to come out and open with it because that's how strongly we feel about it. And it's a fucking good song. Speed you did too. Speed did too. Speed? That's yeah, another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, always pick one or two out. Right. Um, the Flood, uh, we did um, uh, the record before and then Let You Down from the last record. But the last record was crazy because it was all recorded at home and we didn't really promote it um but um yeah that's a real challenge especially when you got like we got the, like this new ballad that we're working the next one that's coming out diamond which is such a beautiful amazing this is the best ballad you've heard in in decades um it's seven minutes long i don't know how we're gonna put that in a set and in a 45 minute set but somehow we do yeah, yeah. So, you know, sounds like going forward it's a it's it's a bit of a transitional time again for Big the band time. in yeah. terms of infrastructure, right. in terms of feeling this out again, yeah. record coming mm -hmm. next month, some shows announced, but it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like you're going to kind of tread lightly here and kind of like, you know, just navigate everything and 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 try to ramp Very back up much, again. You know, uh the last five years have been a blur. This reunion has been amazing. We've we've been around the world. We've made great music. We've done great shows. Um, and a little bit of a breather uh, while we do make these changes uh, isn't 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 a bad thing. Mm. Um, and just you know, like we we we, we not. 
as you said, we're not a weekend warrior band. We were. I was big time into that. Leaving on Friday, playing Saturday, Sunday, coming back Monday. We, we, we're really a bit more, a bit more organic than that. Um, so I'm, I, 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 I want to. I do kind of want to set us apart from that genre. That that that. That those the usual suspects, mm. you know who they are. Mm-hmm. They play every weekend at casinos and sure. Um, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do anything musically that you haven't done yet? Do you? you you've never done a solo record, I don't think. Have I did. You? I did a solo record in right before I joined Fox. It wasn't very good. It was I home studio recorded with ADATS. It's called More Purple Than Black. Uh, it, it must have come out around like. 94, 95. I think it's on, on Cleopatra. Mm. It's, 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 it's okay. I wouldn't mind doing another one. That's what I was asking, because Tracy does a lot of stuff outside of the yeah. band, too. He does no, a lot of I different things. No, I think it's about time I, 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 I did another one, and I've certainly got the time, and, and now I've got the ability, the, the recording chops to do it. Uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't. Yeah. But I'm having so much fun, and as you say, so prolific. I don't get a lot of time. Right. Yeah. By the time we're done with this interview, he's going to be he's sending you five more, more songs. songs go. Let's go for the <laughs> yeah. next record. Because yeah. that's what happened with the last one. He sent me this one, Black Diamonds, and the last one had just come out. And he goes, this is the next L.A. Guns record. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm just that's talking about, it. but he just kept. Yeah, no, you know. it's great. I'm so glad that you have that. You and him have that friendship. And he, he, he lays stuff on you to see what you think. Because you know? yeah. he values. We value your opinion a lot because you know what you're talking about. Well, I appreciate that. That music means we got to wrap up. Right. Everybody pleasure, check Eddie. out. Thank you. Great. Thank you for coming out. We'll have to do it again. Yep. Uh, Black Diamonds, the new album from LA Guns is out April. Did you say 12th? The yeah. exact date? The 12th of April. Uh, you can do the pre-order for it now and all of that. And uh, keep an eye on the band's outlets and socials and what have you to find out where the dates are there are dates there are some dates as well on the uh next run of the Kiefer day uh tour so keep an eye on uh the band and there's two songs and videos out now from the new record That's to right. check out with another one coming as you mentioned fantastic so. thank you that sums it up nicely well, my thanks to phil lewis a lot of people enjoyed that interview as a matter of fact tommy shaw from sticks was listening to the show when I did that interview live and he enjoyed it so much that he later called in and joined me on the radio. Uh, so uh, it was cool to have Phil sitting in with me there in Vegas. Check out the new LA Guns album, which is out there right now, again called Black Diamond. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As I mentioned, second interview for you this week on the podcast. It is with Joel Hoekstra, best known for White Snake and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Jeff Pilsen, best known for Dokken and Foreigner. And Dean Castronovo, best known as the drummer and vocalist in Journey. 
Together, they are the new lineup of a band called Revolution Saints. Just released a brand new record. Here they are to tell us about it. All right, we are back and we're live on this Tuesday. And I got three guys here that you all know from various different bands. And they're joining us on Zoom. So we got some video on this as well. We'll get it up on the SiriusXM app so you can watch it on demand whenever you want. I'm going to start in the Hollywood in, in Hollywood Squares in square number one. Uh, we'll start with a guy that uh, you best know from Dokken and Foreigner, and he's been on this show many times with various projects in the past. Our good buddy Jeff Pilsen is on. What's up, Jeff? Hey there. Hey there. Good to be here, Eddie. And hello, Bob Dixon, who I know is listening. <laughs> and uh, Are you in your home studio there, Jeff? Is that where you are? You got a great little... Yeah, you look like yeah. you, always, you got a lot of a uh, lot of music being made behind you somehow. Oh yeah, I got a lot of lot of toys here. Very a very wonderful selection of toys. And you've produced a lot of records for other artists. Are you producing anyone right now in that studio? Uh, well, yeah, I've been. Uh, uh, George Lynch and I have been writing another End Machine record. So um, he he was here yesterday. So we're doing that. Um, and then uh, then got the the I mean I I do the Revolution Saints bass tracks here but you know not not everything else right yeah i just saw george in florida a week or two ago he was trying to remember who was in his own band at the time believe it or not <laughs> and i bet he didn't <laughs> that happens <laughs> he didn't know the name of his bass player it was classic he was on the air and say i don't know i gotta find out i gotta go out and find him um but he's 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 i swear to god he's too much that guy he's still awesome though um so anyway he did tell me new stuff was coming you're doing more end machines so looking forward to that it's it's gonna be pretty monstrous i gotta say very very cool so all right so i want to get i want to get a little something from all of you guys about the other stuff you do but we're going to talk of course about revolution saints which you're all in together as i move down to the next square i have joining us uh current drummer and at times lead singer in journey dean castronova good to see you dean good to see you. i'm dean castronova i'm from salem oregon i'm a homemaker i love knitting and crocheting <laughs> <laughs> You're not in the center square. <laughs> I saw you. Uh, I saw you not long ago with Journey. I guess it was last year in Vegas on the run there. We got had a chance to say a quick hello, and uh, you've been on the show in the past. And I know Journey just started up, and n needless uh, to say, some very public drama surrounding the band these days that they are very open about. How's it been on the road, Dean? You just are you just keeping your head no. low and playing those drums? What are you doing? <laughs> Switzerland, brother. Switzerland. Switzerland. I just, I love those guys. They're both my brothers, man. And, and I stay out of it, man. I mean, I'm here to do a job and, and be the best I can be. And, and they know I love them and I support them no matter what they do. But yeah. I, you know, for me, the whole drama thing, I just stay out, man. I, I got work to do. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you do it well. How have these early shows gone? How's the vibe been? How's the audience been with journey? It's great, dude. Honestly, on stage, I mean, everything is perfect. I mean, you know, everybody kind of goes to their separate corners, which is cool, but it's been really good, man. You know, I mean, we did two shows in uh, Oklahoma, came home, sang the, the new Revolution Saints record, the second one, and then flew out the next day and uh, had a one day off. So I, I sang like nine days straight. So I'm a little fried, but the, the band, the spirits are great. Everybody's up and happy. And we were having a good time. And we're, you know, whittling out old stuff and new stuff, trying some new songs. And it's really, it's going good so far, man. Really good. But we just started. So you never know. <laughs> lot to go 50th anniversary tour anything can happen so we'll buckle up and see and hope for the best <laughs> that's it brother that's it 
And uh, and next square we go to a guy who's like the king of Christmas now. He just got done with TSO, <laughs> playing like three shows a day, probably in three weeks or something. Uh, but of course, you also know him as the guitarist in White Snake, previous in Night Ranger, an old friend, Mister Joel Hoekstra. Good to see you, bud. Hey, great to see you, man. Thanks for having us on, dude. Appreciate it. For sure. How'd everything go with this TS- TSO run? Really, really well. I mean, I, as, the numbers were fantastic. They had, you know, the Billboard headlines and all that. It's always one of the top, you know, grossing tours. It's, uh, you know, it, it's remarkable as the years go by how the, the, you know, the perception of that changes. You know, a lot of the classic rock bands going into decline or retiring and TSO just kind of keeps on moving up. So, uh, you know, I mean, you can't ask for much more than jamming with people I enjoy. I like all the people in that band. It's a magnificent production. Um, there's a lot of talent in that group of musicians. I mean, so getting together for rehearsal is kind of magical when you know, you're, you're sitting there with Dino Jalusic and Jeff Scott Soto and Russell Allen. And I mean, you got, there's a lot of monstrously talented people that I'm involved with, with that. So, um, you know, I'm honored to be a small part of it, man. And of course, you know, you did what was going to be a farewell run with Whitesnake in Europe, and that kind of got derailed. I know some people got sick, and the whole thing kind of went off the rails a little bit. Has David said to you and and the rest of the band, if there's a, I know you wanted to do a farewell, but is it kind of tabled? Do you think Whitesnake's done, or you think he wants to go back out? Do you have any insights on that? Well, I mean, you know, with David. Uh, you never rule anything out. Um, and obviously any news has got to come from him. And, you know, one way or another, I look forward to continuing working with David, whether that be recording or heading out live. And, you know, I guess any official announcement will obviously have to come from him, what he what he decides. Um, but, you know, I love David. It, this has been, you know, an amazing, amazing run. Uh, if it is the end, you know, the the eight years uh, that I've been with the band over eight years now. Um, so, you know, I just I love David. We have a great uh, working relationship and um, just, you know, any anything he's he wants to involve me in, man, I'm down, you know, just because we we've just since day one when I got together with him, we just hit it off. And um, I just, you know, anything David wants, like as far as, you know, guitar or um, any musical collaboration, uh, I'm there. Well, hopefully it doesn't end like this because I know it was unfortunate. <laughs> Some of you guys got sick and all that in Europe and he came home and hopefully you can at least do a proper farewell because a band with that legacy shouldn't end on that note. I don't think at least. I mean, you know, our fingers are like crazy glued like this, I think. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, dude. Yeah. All right, Dean. So let me ask you this about revolution saints. So you've been on my show before with the previous lineup of the band, which was Doug Aldridge and Jack blades. And then you come with this new record uh, called Eagle flight, which is coming out on April 21st. And now you got these two guys in the band and those two are not. So tell me how, you know, tell me what went on and what went down. Well, I think what happened was, um, you know, uh, Doug and Jack just decided, I mean, it was, it was time to put a fork in it kind of, you know, we, we kind of done what we could do with it. And, you know, they've got their other things, you know, Jack's got Night Ranger, of course, that's his baby. And Doug's got the dead days. You know how those guys work, bro. You know how those guys work. They're nonstop. So to get the time in for everybody, I think was just really difficult and getting schedules to line up. And I think Doug was ready to move on and, and Jack was ready, you know, to just focus on family. He's got grandkids and stuff. And, and and do a night ranging. So it was like, okay, what are we gonna do here? Are we gonna are we gonna you know shelve this thing, or are we gonna move on? Are we gonna do like you know a, a solo record with me, or what? And, and Seraphino said, well, what about what about Joel, and what about um, Jeff Bilson? I mean, you know, that's a no brainer. They're amazing. 
amazing players. So it was like, well, what a fit, dude, you know, and, and the chemistry is great. And, you know, I miss Doug and Jack, of course, I do. They're my brothers, man. I mean, I love them, you know, to the moon and back. But, you know, just things change. Life on life terms, you know. So you move forward. And I think we got a really strong record, really strong record. And I love the guys, man. When we got in to do the videos, because, you know, we do all the, the, the recording. I did my stuff in Portland. Uh, you know, I, you know, Jeff was saying he does his stuff at home or, or and, and Joel's got his stuff. So for us to come together, like doing the videos, it was really cool. Steph and I were lipping around like gimps. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, I, I was having some back issues. Finally got that taken care of again for the second time. But uh, yeah, we were, we were like looking bad and killing it. And then get down, ice, ice, sit down, relax. It was awesome. <laughs> the chemistry's there though. It's really, really great. When you say Serafino, for those listening, Serafino is the person who owns the label you're on, which is Frontiers. It's put they put out a ton of records uh, and records from all the guys in the band at different points as well. So th this band, Dean, the history of Revolution Saints was really something that was his brainchild. Did he assemble the initial lineup with you, Doug and Jack? Was it something that was his idea or was the band your idea and you brought it to the label? That was his baby. He actually got a hold of Irving Azoff uh, and John Barry said, I want to do a solo record with Dean. And so, man, that would be awesome. I was really excited. And they, and then, so they brought, they, they threw out some names. And of course, Doug was a no brainer. I love Doug. You know, we go back from the white snake, you know, journey shows and Jack I've known since I was like 17. I've known him for eons. So it was like, Oh, this is going to be perfect. Cause you know, I got history with these guys. So instead of a solo project, Jack thought of the name. He goes, well, I like the name Revolution. They were going to call it something else, like um, oh gosh, I don't. It was it was something Drome, Hippodrome, or something Drome, or I don't know what it was, but it was like yeah. <laughs> so, so Jack came up with Revolution Saints, like oh what a great name, what a killer name. So it became a band, and we started you know doing the records. We of course we've done three with them, and uh, they came out really good. First one was really strong. Second one was pretty good. Third one was real strong. Um, but you know it's um. I think it just kind of it just kind of came to that place where it's like it was time to to, to let go. But yeah, Sarah, you know, this is his baby, man. I mean, he kind of runs it, and and I just do what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, when you were approached about jumping in 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 uh, in Jack Slot, I mean, of course, you sing as well as play bass. Um, what were your thoughts about getting involved in this? My thoughts were, I you know, it took all of about uh, a nanosecond to agree to do it because I knew it was going to be great. I mean, I, I I heard Joel's and Dean's names, and you know, come on, <laughs> nothing more to think of. I mean, I I just knew it was going to be great, and I was familiar with what they did. I knew I knew the the vibe of what they were going for, and I I thought I could be good for it. So just like like Dean says, it was a no brainer. You're perfect and, uh, for it, what... bro. <laughs> And what about what about for you, Joel? Your your thoughts about first being approached? I mean, you do, you've done solo records as well for Frontiers, actually, and you've uh, you know you do you, of course White Snake, which was at times on that label. Um, but your thoughts about jumping in on a band called uh, on, on Revolution Saints and 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 jumping into that open guitar spot? Yeah, I I just you know out of respect, I wanted to make sure it was cool with Doug, and uh, you know Doug and I have always gotten on. I you know people might think you replace somebody in a band that you're enemies or something, but Doug and I have always been you know friends, and uh, I, I just texted him and said, hey, what's up with this? You know, just making sure I'm getting the straight story on everything. Is this cool with you? And he said, actually, I recommended you. So I I said, oh. 
All right. Well, that makes me feel a lot better about this, you know. And then, as Jeff said, you know, in talking about an opportunity for me to work with Dean Castronovo and Jeff Pilsen, then it's like, well, what sane guitarist says no to this, you know? So, um, you know, look, as long as it was cool with Doug and, you know, Jack and I obviously have a great history. I sort of got the gist that everything was on the up and up after speaking with Doug. That was, you know, that was my main thing. I didn't want to have any kind of weird, you know, uh, that he wasn't be given the straight story or I wasn't be given the straight story. That's all. And uh, so, what, you know, once once I found out that we were cool there, I was like, absolutely, let's do it. Um, this this will be great. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, the three of us were on tour together in 2011. You know, we had a <laughs> yeah, Journey Porter yeah. Night Ranger tour together. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There was a, a time of, you know, not too long ago, well, I guess it is too long ago now, over 12 years ago, we were all out together roughly. And and, and uh, in fact, you were even in Foreigner for a minute. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> for a hot minute there, I was actually up on stage with you, Jeff. And, and you know, these, these two guys, I we, we texted the other night, the, the three of us, and I said, you know, this is like, it's it's not just two guys with immense talent because Dean is like, it's not fair, right? Like the first time I heard Dean sing, I said, well, this is just actually should be like illegal, you know? Ah, he's the, one of the best drummers in the world. And then you hear him sing and you go, and the guy's one of the best singers in the world, like stand alone aside from the drumming. This is insane. And, you know, Jeff oh was like, you know, forget it. I mean, anybody who's anybody in the business understands the talent level that Jeff has. But, you know, these guys, I they've known me since I didn't really you know, I wasn't as established. We'll just put it that way back then. And, you know, these guys were both really, really great to me back then. And, uh, you know, it says a lot about their character and, uh, just, you know, that makes me want to work with them because, you know, they treated me like, like, you know, I was on their level when I clearly was not, and they continue to, I mean, I'm sitting here with them in the interview and, 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 you know, I'm just glad to work with these guys, man. These are two great cats with like a sick, sick talent. And, uh, you know, that for me is like, uh, what more can you ask for as a guitarist? These are guys that are going to push me musically. Um, you know, once again, it's, you know, Doug is always big shoes to fill, man. You know, like anytime you're coming in for Doug Aldrich, man, you better come with it, you know? So, um, you know, it keeps me on my toes and uh, I look at it like it's a great musical situation to better myself and work with some top-notch guys who are great people. Yeah, I didn't even put that together, but this is the second time you've done that because you went into Whitesnake for Doug, obviously. You replaced him there and now coming into to Revolution Saints, but it's cool that you guys talk and and it's all good. Um, Dean, I want to ask you material-wise for this, having made the previous three records with the other lineup, the songs, uh, did did was everybody able to contribute? Did everybody get involved in time? Did you build with the new lineup with, with uh, Jeff and Joel? Did you start from the ground up on the songs or were some of the songs already done and these guys just had to come in and play? Well, if, if, I, if I'm saying this right, Joel and Jeff, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I think there was a lot of the songs that were that were kind of constructed. And I think you guys like embellish, put your stuff on it. Me, I don't write anything, dude. I don't play guitar. I don't write lyrics. So whatever's put in front of me, I just do my best and sing the best that I can. So for me writing, I don't write. I'm just not, you know. But uh, did, did you guys, I mean, have, tell, answer Joel, did you? Did you guys work on the I mean, the, the funniest part about it was that Alessandro uh, Del Vecchio, who produced the, the record, had, had come to me and said, you have any song ideas for Revolution Saints? And this is when it was Jack Blades and Doug Aldrich for this record. And oh. uh, so I said, yeah, sure, man. And so I cooked up something <laughs> that I thought Doug might enjoy playing. I, I you know, oh, <laughs> a, a sexy guitar riff with like kind of an open solo section. I thought it ended up being one of our singles on this record. It was like, 
the strangest thing. I never thought I'd end up being like in the band doing it. Uh, so I, I, it's a, I get a little bit of laugh out of that because I was pic- I was writing it, picturing Doug doing it. You know? uh, that's yeah. wild. So you were actually approached to just bring in some songs from the outside, thinking of the old band lineup, having no idea you'd, you'd be the, the one playing them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's strange how life works sometimes. Absolutely. And Jeff, what about for you as far as contributing, I mean, producing, writing, any of that? Were you able to do that for this record? No, not really. The songs were pretty much there by the time I got involved. Alessandro is the main writer for the whole thing. Um, So, so yeah, I, I pretty much just played bass. I mean, yeah, you know, you add little things, but I wouldn't call it writing by any means. So, so, um, I mean, I'm hoping I get to write a couple for the next record, maybe, but we'll see. I think that's the plan, though. From what yeah, I'm talking, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I've done, you know, the vocals for the second one, but I think you guys are going to be involved in the next one really heavily, from what Alessandro said. That, that, like, I think that's the, the goal, yeah. yeah. So let me, let me ask you this, too, um, Jeff and Joel. So both of your bands, Whitesnake, as we just kind of touched on, is a bit of a question mark pending what David wants to do. And for you, Jeff, I think what it's it's been 20 years as, as being the guy behind Foreigner and now press release coming out that the band will end in the next year or two and it's, you guys are going to do this farewell tour. Um, I just had Paul Dean of Loverboy on the show. I know they're going to be supporting. We talked about it a little bit. So with both of your main things either <clears throat> retiring or starting to wind down, was getting into Revolution Saints maybe with an eye towards like some – you know somewhere you could maybe dedicate more time to in the future because i'll be honest and dean you probably know this i mean one of the frustrations for fans of the band up to this point is that you haven't really been able to play live you haven't really been able to tour because everybody's in a bunch of different directions well right now you've got the same scenario but the the projections are in the next year or two Joel and Jeff might you know their their main gigs might kind of be dissipating so was that a consideration at all in terms of this next phase of the band, I'll start with you on that, Dean. As far as these guys coming me, in, yeah, for me, dude, yeah, because Judy, we do an average maybe sixty to eighty shows a year, and and when we're done, I mean, we do a corporate here and and some you know privates here and there, but I'm pretty much free now, you know. With the Daisies, man, I was taken up. We were gone all year, so I couldn't do anything. But um, now that you know, I got the freedom with Journey. I yeah, and, and they, you know. I've got their blessing to do stuff on the outside and, and this, yeah, I would, God, I'd give my IT to do some shows, man. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm still learning the front man thing. I don't know it. You know, it's not my, he's great. It's my front. It's, I don't know. You know, it's like Ricky. Bobby. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do with my hands? You know, I, I, I've never, you know, I actually got a, a text from Paul Stanley. I love him. And he goes, you know, man, you're singing with a lot of power. You need a microphone, stand on a mic. You need to wield that thing. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. You don't just stand. But wait, D- but Dean, are you are you not playing drums in Revolution Saints at well, all? I'm playing drums on the record, um, and I will play live definitely sometimes. But I'd like to come out front, and, and if I don't make yeah. an ass out of myself, I mean, and you we know, got Kyle I'm Hughes, here. man. Kyle's yeah, great. Kyle, oh, so you've got He's a drummer. Here. You've got another guy. Yeah, so we get just in case, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do some, 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 you know, some playing. But you know, I mean, if they, if the guys are cool with me going up front, I'll give it a shot. Man, I did that one time at Frontiers uh, Festival, and I was scared beyond scared because I, I, you know, it's my very first time. So it was a little awkward for me. But 
I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, what the heck? And if I look stupid, I got the drugs. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody, anybody that's seen Journey lately, and I have, I mean, you take a couple songs, lead vocal, and your voice is remarkable. And uh, watching you back there playing and singing like that is incredible. And I often thought, I'm like, this guy could, you know, imagine what he could do if he comes out front and doesn't have to also worry about keeping the beat and singing like that. So, yeah, dude, and it is, it's all about breathing, bro. You got to find the air when you're playing. And the drums take autopilot. They really do. It's like, I just know them. I know the songs so well that it's, that just takes a back seat. I got, okay, I got to breathe here to hit this note. I've got to take a breath here. I got to swallow my, you know, my water and my, my spray. And then, you know, it's a, it's a juggling act. So maybe to be out front, it might be a little better, but I'm not going to be, you know, Arnell's a god. You see that guy run around and he kills it every night. He's like, man, I don't think I'm going to be the David Lee Roth of this, but I will sing the best that I can. You know what I mean? Arnell also has this amazing ability to be aging in reverse, it seems like. Every I time know. I see him, yeah, yeah, he looks true. even younger. He's like, what is that guy, Benjamin Button or whatever? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like the is, opposite yeah. of Benjamin Button. I saw I him when I saw him in... Now. When I saw him in Vegas, like last year, when I saw you at the, and I, I was backstage and I, I, he came over and said hello and he was wearing, I'll never forget it. He was wearing a hoodie that had a Mickey mouse on it. And I was like, yes. you could believe this kid, he could actually be a kid in Disney world right now. That's how young he looks. It's amazing. Dude, he does. And he does he sing does. this he stuff does. remarkably well. Yeah, man. He's, he's amazing. I, I could never do what that guy does. I mean, not really anybody could because not only does he put on a show and he's so good with the fans, they adore him. And, and yeah. he delivers, man. He delivers. Yeah, yeah, you know? no doubt. So, Jeff, for you, your thoughts about Foreigner, which you've put so much time and effort into. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm out of my mind about Foreigner not being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I've been screaming about it for a while. It's annoys the living shit out of me. I had Lou Graham on my show. We got into it. Lou told me a story that it's actually intentional. There's like a vendetta or whatever, but um, you guys are still out there playing those songs so well and have been doing, you've personally been a part of it for so long now. Your thoughts about Mick kind of putting a button on it and calling it a farewell. Well, I mean, you know, bittersweet, of course, is my reaction. Um, I mean, the band is playing and sounding great right now and feeling great. Um, so, you know, but so, you know, even if, the, if that seems like a weird time to quit, I think the idea of quitting while we're still on top is kind of cool. Um, so, uh, and, you know, the traveling's getting to all of us. So this is year 20 for me coming up. So um, the traveling's been intense and, and, kind of ready to let that go a bit um but yeah it's bittersweet because the band is feeling great and you're sounding great and we've only been doing this as far as how we're building so um but i i totally um totally understand and sanction the idea of letting it go and letting the live thing go and uh, i'm ready for it you know, I, I really was thought that Foreigner would be one of those bands that would actually just keep going on forever. And it's because the bulk of the shows you've played in recent years have not been with Mick or in a very small role. So you guys could conceivably do it. Obviously, the fans accept it. But I'll never forget, I had Mick on this show about five years ago. And I remember asking him during that interview, and I said, if it reaches a point where you don't feel it should continue and you can't participate at all anymore, are you going to let it still go? And he said, nope, that's when it ends. And I didn't, I was like, nah, now everybody, 
So I was actually like, wow, he really was being sincere at that time when I saw that farewell come out because he is pulling the plug. That's right. That's right. No, listen, we want to end on a high note. We don't want to be one of those classic uh, rock bands that starts to go downhill and get fat and you know, look bad and play bad. And, you know, I mean, none of that. We don't want any of that. We want right. to we want to go out on a high note. And and we feel like the next couple of years, you know, should should deliver the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that sentiment because I believe that fully. Yeah. I mean, I love I wish all these bands went on forever, but I also believe you can stay too long at the party and damage your legacy. Yeah. And uh, that's I, as a fan. That's something I, I hate when I see that that happen. And uh, clearly you're in no jeopardy of that because having seen Foreigner lately in a few times, it's pretty amazing. And it's amazing. Has Kelly Hansen been in as long as you have, Jeff? Almost. He I joined in 04. He joined in 05, early 05. Um, so close. But uh, it was when he joined that the heavy touring started, of course. And um, so, yeah, he's on year 19 coming up. So. We're all ready for a break from, you know, the constant touring, that's for sure. And and yeah, plus, yeah. It gives, it'll give me more time to do projects like this. Well, that's Bingo! where I'm going. And, and that, that's, <laughs> that's the basis of this whole question. Because again, like I said to Dean, if there has been any frustration from fans of Revolution Saints, it's been that the band can't really operate as a band in terms of, we all know you have to tour, you have to be out there to really get uh, people interested in. And because of the other commitments, really haven't been able to do that. So maybe that door is going to open finally. Joel, your thoughts on that? I mean, considering Whitesnake is a question mark, you don't know what's going to happen. You're always going to have TSO around the holidays. But do you hope this is something that you can maybe uh, dig in with a little bit, if especially if, if David isn't going to go out that much? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my whole thing has always been to work hard every day and just see where life kind of takes you. So um, I'm definitely open to playing live shows with this or um, with Iconic, you know, the other uh, Frontiers project that I'm a part of. I've told those guys from the get go, like, let, let's take it out. Let's do it. Um, so I think, you know, when and if the window um, opens, you know, I'm definitely ready to go through it, man, and uh, and put in the hard work and like try and take it to the next level. I think it's kind of a natural progression as a lot of the um, older bands do retire or step aside that some of these projects ascend in importance to the fans, you know, because they're going to want to see a lot of us that were a part of these bands for years and not just completely let go of the scene, you know. Um, so hopefully that happens. I, I would love to get out there with these guys. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm honored to be working with both these cats, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing. And, uh, you know, it would be really, really great to, to share the stage with them. And, and Jeff and Joel, even though this is your first record with revolution saints coming out again on April 21st called Eagle flight, as uh, Dean mentioned, and we've talked about, there are previous records. So you guys coming in, I imagine, assuming you're going to play the previous records as well when you play oh, yeah. live you've got a catalog of what four records dean to dig into now yeah. to actually do a full show oh yeah dude i mean yeah the, the first few records i mean when we when we finished that third one we did the frontier stuff we had a lot to choose from but we also wanted to touch on some of jack's stuff and we wanted you know touch on some of doug's stuff so it was really cool to be able to you know and some of the journey stuff too so, you know, I think we can kind of maybe pull some docking tunes out, you know, get do some stuff in Joel's <laughs> Hell yes, man. I, I would love to. It'd be an honor. Are you kidding? I mean, no, that's my that's my my teenage years, man. Docking. I mean, come my ranger, all that stuff. Are you kidding? I mean, I grew up with it. That's that's my soundtrack. So to be able to play those and 
That would be just, it would be, we got a, we got a plethora of stuff. So, so Kiss of Death is in the set list then when we, <laughs> yes. Kiss of Death is yeah. in, is that what we're saying? No, we love that. Joel, get ready. Start working up some George Lynch. <laughs> hey, man, I've, I've ripped George off as much as anybody. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I'm, the, uh, difference is, the difference is Joel can remember his bass player's name. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, real quick on that. What is, you know, I, I, and I love George. We all love George. And, and I love that George is so transparent because he said during the interview, he goes, look, man, I just, you know, lynch mob is a revolving door. I just pick up who I can get for the gigs or whatever. But he loves you. And you guys have had such a history, whether it's End Machine or Dokken or Pilsen Lynch or Tooth and Nail or all these different bands. I mean, what is the bond between you and George that you and him work so well together? Uh, no matter what, you're always together. Just complementary chemistry. I mean we really do have each other's strengths and weaknesses covered. We really do. Um, and we have tons of endless mutual respect for one another, mutual love. I mean, we have, I mean, our sense of humor is real similar. I mean, there's just so many things that we bond over, but I mean, musically, I mean, I th I've told this story many times. The first day George ever came over to my house, he came over, this was 1983 summer of 1983, comes over to, walks in the door, sees my guitar sitting there, picks it up, and we write a song right there. Before we even said hello, we started working on a song. <laughs> walks in, he wow. goes, oh, cool. And he starts playing, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, I mean, we started doing our thing right away. We just, that's what we do. I mean, we just, we're musical. We love music, and 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 we're kids. We're both 15-year-old kids when we start playing. And that's Are we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really I, I truly believe this. I've said it many times. I'm I'm 58, but I feel like I'm 28. I really do believe that doing yeah. what we do keeps us young. I really do. Even yeah. if even if when we get out of, and I can speak for myself getting out of bed in the morning there's some creaks now and you know my foot hurts, my back hurts, whatever. Uh you still, you know, when you dig into the day, it it beats the alternative, that's for sure. So um, oh, yeah. I just oh, want to I just want to go around the horn then for everybody and just get some closing uh, thoughts about whether it be Revolution Saints. Again, the record is out April 21st. It's called Eagle Flight. And uh, there is a single and video out now. The latest one talking like strangers. So you can watch that online and hear it online. But um, uh, we'll start with you, Jeff. So Foreigner Farewell Run, which goes through 24, I believe. Right. Yeah. At this point. Yes. And, and then that'll put a button on that and 20 plus years for you in that band, obviously mm -hmm. revolution saints, and then anything else you want to tell fans to keep an eye open for. Yeah. Well, I, again, revolution saints, is it still April 24th, by the way, guys, I thought there was, I thought it was changed to July, bro. I, I thought it was changed to June or July too. So we should, we yeah. should double check that guys. I think I'm looking at think, a press yeah, release. I'm looking at a press release that was sent to me. Uh, yeah, I think April is still the release date, but it was the LP manufacturing that oh, was. Oh, that's what it is. So, yeah, the LP yeah. was kind of sent back. And then, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, if you want vinyl, I know there's a, a delay on vinyl just in terms of getting that yeah, made. So April yeah, 21 is will be CD and streaming, right. and then a little bit down the line for people that want vinyl. I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah, what yeah. else were you saying? Oh yeah, well, so I got that. I've got the uh, End Machine record that we're working on. That's probably, I believe, that's going to come out. Uh, 
spring of 24, I think, uh, even though we'll be done with it a long time before that. So that's the end machine. Um, George and I have a heavy hitters record, which that's our pure 100% fun covers project where we just, we do, we cover hit songs, hence heavy hitters. Um, and that's coming out. I don't know when that's coming out. I think it's coming out summer, but I'm not sure. Um, and then uh, I'll probably do another Black Swan record in 25. So lots of stuff going, coming and uh, going to be busy. And on real quick on end machine, Robert is not singing anymore or is that is correct. He is not singing anymore. We have a singer by the name of Garish Pradhan who is phenomenal. I mean, he is mind boggling. He lives in India and he is just insane. And wait you hear what we got coming. It's we've got, uh, he's got eight of the songs written and it's really, really powerful. How did you find a singer in India? Serafino. Oh, okay. <laughs> Once again, Head of the label. I thought you were going to say YouTube, which is seems to be oh, you know, the common answer to something like that. We found him on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Singing in an end machine tribute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dean, um, again, we mentioned you're, you know, you're kicking ass in journey 50th anniversary tour out there right now. Obviously you guys could just keep playing and playing and playing because the songs and the catalog are just amazing. Uh, is that the focus for you outside of Revolution Saints right now? Is that the primary thing? Yeah, right now it's journey until uh, the end of May. And then I go home and I, I'm a grandfather and a father and a husband and a best friend and a dog taker care of her guy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's basically my life. Dude. That, Revolution Saints, and, and being home with the family, you know? that's And that's enough for me, man. I'm, I'm your age. Man. I'm yeah. 58. I, I hear 25 years old. Body, yeah, not so much. So, you know, I got, you know, I'm not going to slow down by any, by any stretch, but you know, it's good to just to, to stop and just be with family, smell the roses, so to speak. You know, I, I missed a lot of it. We all do. We all miss a lot of our stuff when we're out on the road and stuff. So it's always good to have that. That's my foundation. So it's a good thing. I'm just laughing right now because you kind of dated Pilsen earlier when you said you grew up with him, but he, I think he's around the same age as you. So Jeff, you oh, must've been like 15 when you're, you're older than 58, Jeff. I'm 58, but don't know I am. Um, I, I remember Jeff's <laughs> giving me the sign like way up. I, Jeff, I thought you I were like. If I were 58, Eddie, that would have meant I was 18 when I joined uh, Dockin. Okay. It's possible. I I joined him in 83, so I guess it's possible, but no, I'm older. <laughs> yeah, I was in Wild Dogs, Eddie. I was in Wild Dogs, and, and, and we used to open, Wild Dogs used to open up for cinema. Which is Mike Varney's band, which was Jeff. Jeff was the bassist, right? Or guitarist, Jeff. You're a bassist. Yeah, right? I was a bass player, yep. And they, you know, and there you go. I mean, it was like, you know, it's just like everybody knows everybody. And yeah, I used to I've I've known those guys forever. Yeah, I just had Varney on this show telling his whole story. And he lives in Vegas where I have a second home, so I see him often. And I know Jeff, I know there's some deep back old history with you guys with him, right? Oh, absolutely. Mike got me in Dawkin. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Mike is, we connect a lot of dots with Mike. All right, Joel, we'll let you wrap up here then. Uh, upcoming stuff above and beyond Revolution Saints for you. What's cooking? 
Um, well, I just uh, turned in uh, an album from my side project, Joel Hoekstra's 13. There's two of those out already, Dying to Live and Running Games. And this new one is coming out um, shortly after this Revolution Saints cycle. I think right as the album is released, people can expect like the first single from that. Um, and so that's Vinnie Apice and Tony Franklin and Derek Sherinian and a new singer who may or may or May or may not have been mentioned in this interview, but uh, I, I think I'm supposed to wait on actually saying that. So wait, I'm you got the guy from India too? Come on now, I can't. I'm not allowed to say this right now. I don't believe. I don't know. Uh, There's a so, lot of incestuous stuff going on here, man. It's just like oh too much. God. Like. <laughs> yes, but I was first. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> So for once, I was first on something with this. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, that that's happening later this year. Looking forward to that. I'm going to do, as far as touring goes, um, just taking like the opposite route and going out with my friend Brandon Gibbs. And we're doing acoustic shows in the U.S. And we're doing a tour of uh, U.K., Ireland and uh, run in Europe later on in the year and just kind of. You know, doing what I can in the meantime, holding my, you know, like I said, fingers are like permanently like that for David with White Snake, and um, just obviously just you know staying staying productive. That's my main thing. Like every day has to be productive musically for me to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, it's it's great to talk to all three of you. I appreciate you making the time again. Uh, you know them all individually from the different things they do, but they are now the new lineup of the band Revolution Saints and a new album again. Eagle Flight coming out April 21st. There's already a single and video online uh, with more to come, I'm sure, leading into the release of the record. And fingers crossed for me, some live shows, because I'd love to see you guys play this stuff live, the old stuff, and, of course, the new record as well. So hopefully we get a chance for that um, in the U.S. Otherwise, somebody's buying me a plane ticket to Italy, and I got to come. So. I'll get you the plane ticket, dude. I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> guys, great to see you. I'm sure I'll see you out there. Stay in touch, and uh, all the best, and congrats on the, the record. And uh, the up, Dean. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Love you, Jeff. Love you, Joel. Love you, Eddie. Thank you. Eddie. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Well, as mentioned, there was also some video of that interview. You might be able to catch some of that on the SiriusXM app if you're a subscriber. Thank you to Joel and Jeff and Dean. And thanks earlier to Phil Lewis of LA Guns. Again, everything you just heard happened live anywhere over the course of the last three to six weeks on my daily radio show, Trunk Nation, Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, every day, live, 3 to 5 Eastern Time. Be sure to check it out either over the air live or anytime on the Sirius XM app. And if you're not already on board with us at Sirius XM, please subscribe so you do not miss anything. You can join me every day and interact for live rock talk on Faction Talk Channel 103. Thanks to Joel Pollack. Thank you for listening and subscribing. See you guys next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. 
The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.